welcome once again to La Taza de Esporto. Uh, and we're going to have a special guest straight off the plane from Italy. Uh, we'll have DiMaggio joining us to, to talk about his experience watching some matches uh, over there in Italy this past week and weekend. So let's get right into Spain and Germany first. All about Vinicius Jr. in Spain. Uh, what a player. Ancelotti said he has potential to be the best in the world. And, you know, so far watching him this season, that's honestly really believable. Nine goals, two assists already. And he had a really absolutely wonderful strike. If you haven't seen, you want to look up to give Real Madrid a 2-1 two win, uh, win over Sevilla yesterday to keep them at the top of the table ahead of Atleti. And Benzema also scoring here. Terrible goalkeeper goalkeeper era um, from Sevilla, essentially gifting Benzema a goal. And yeah, like I said, uh, Real Madrid currently sitting at the top four points clear of Atleti. Atleti also able to get a win, um, finally getting sort of a lot of goals. Angel Correa um, had a very good game for Atleti here. And what we see with this match, though, it's a little bit hard to take too much away from it in terms of trying to read into it because they were up against Cadiz who are currently sitting in the relegation places. So, you know, you can only beat who is in front of you. But Atleti will definitely want to be hoping to find a little bit of consistency and, you know, a little bit more better performances because in about two weeks' time, it's going to be Real Madrid versus Atleti. And obviously, of course, that's going to be one that we're definitely going to want to keep an eye on. What about in Barcelona? A perfect league start continues for Xavi and this young Barcelona team. Um, Memphis eventually getting a goal here and, in fact, eventually getting the game-winning goal. But, man, did he miss some really, really clear chances in the first half. Um, and again, we, we mentioned sort of errors at the back for that Benzema goal. The same could probably be said for this Memphis goal as well. Um, the Villarreal, Villarreal defense did not do itself uh, any favors in conceding this late 88th minute goal to Memphis. And you might think, oh, you know, Barca got a win. That's two out of two. In the league for Javi, Memphis scored all is well and good. Um, but if you were actually to have watched those matches, these, these performances have left a lot to be desired. You know, not shocking. Javi has only been there, at least in the role as manager, for a very short time. But I think the results thus far are kind of glossing over the performances a bit. But we would expect those performances to get better with time. So if they're already getting results, Definitely a good sign. What also jumped out in this match is uh, the performance of Coutinho. So obviously we're all well aware of the disappointment for lack of a, a better word, or, you know, I'm sure Barcelona fans would probably have some harsher language to use when discussing Coutinho. And it was only a brief cameo. Uh, he came on the match at around the 80th minute does end up getting a goal. Um, creates the penalty, scores the penalty, and just overall really looked good in that really brief cameo role. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he can play. Can he kind of maybe reignite his career 
uh, at Barcelona under Xavi, or does he have a few good matches and then Barca with their need for to bring in some money, do they maybe try to flip him and get something for him and get him off their books? All right, what about in the Bundesliga? So we had Gladbach. You know, we, we talked recently on the pod about Eintracht Frankfurt and their former manager, of course, Adi Hutter, switched over to Bruce Munch and Gladbach. And they are kind of struggling this season in Bundesliga, just like Eintracht Frankfurt are, or at least were, as we'll get to in a second. But yeah, Gladbach are going to be really, really disappointed not just with the result, but also with the performance. Um, they got absolutely slapped around by FC Köln 4-1. to one. So not a good day there for Gladbach fans. Speaking of Frankfurt, though, um, Adi Hutter's former employer, they're starting to maybe find their feet a little bit. Uh, three wins on the bounce, no losses in their last four because they had that 1-1 one, one draw against Leipzig and they left it late, which they sort of have had a little bit of a habit of recently, um, but got a late winner against Union Berlin. And this was a great match. Um, both teams here at the end in the second half, really going for it, really pushing to get that winning goal. Uh, this was a, a Sunday morning match that I remember telling you to keep an eye on. So yeah, it definitely delivered this. This was a great match. Dortmund keeping pace, obviously um, a huge match at the weekend, the biggest match um, in Germany in recent years. We're going to have Dortmund versus Bayern Munich and Dortmund keeping pace. And what was impressive here is Dortmund coming back after conceding early. So in basically the second minute, second minute of the match, their first push into the opposition half, uh, Wolfsburg get a goal. And you might think, wow, you know, this, this is a Dortmund team who have looked suspect at the back, and this is just going to be, you know, more of the same defensive shambles, and they're going to drop points. They end up getting a 3-1 win. And, of course, Holland scores, right? Comes off the bench. He's not quite ready uh, to start, but, of course, comes off the bench and scores because that's just, that's just what he does. He's... Yeah, he's, he's hard to describe. He's just really, really good at playing football. And Byron created a lot, but only scored one uh, against Bielefeld, and, and that's all they needed to get a 1-0 win to stay at the top of the table. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to have DiMaggio join us to tell us about his travels to Italy. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, special guest, the one and only, the the godfather of the garden father. parties, the podfather pod pod of yeah. garden parties football club. <laughs> uh, it's 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 Madge. Madge is uh, gracing us with an with an appearance here, straight off the plane from Italy. Um, which, yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna come and absolutely crush the PG kids version of of garden parties. Which I thought was ridiculous when I was on the plane there and back. I just thought about all the Italian football that you and Nick watch, and yet I'm the one going to two matches. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> it was, a little, it was a, I felt a little bit bad, but then I was like, ah, fuck it. They're eating turkey. No, 
I'm just nothing. eating delicious, delicious, delicious Milanese food. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing to, uh, nothing to feel bad about. But I was quite jealous. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, if listeners don't know, you you grew up in Manchester, went went to matches all the time. What would you say in terms of kind of comparing the vibe between matches in England and matches in Italy? Uh, well, even with at, even with the matches I went to in Italy, there was just like a different vibe than a lot of matches that I've been to before. Like maybe it closer compares to South American matches. Okay. Because at, I also am a bit of, I'm the type of person that will sit with anybody. And I'm not really scared of getting into a big like pushing battle with everybody and shouting around and jumping about uh so i chose to sit in the quarter north and the quarter south at the respective games which are where the ultras sit in uh in parentheses ultras because they were just having a great time really they there was like nothing wrong just a lot of singing uh people were openly smoking and drinking and eating at their seats Nobody really cared where they sat, which was amazing. Just people moving around, and yeah, a lot of a lot of good times. More women at the games than there are in any other place that I've been to. Yeah, which we, I thought was I, interesting. You you did mention, and and for those uh, listeners that watch a bit of uh, Syria on TV, you do notice in the crowd shots a lot more of a of a female presence. Would you say like more young people too, or more of a, a older crowd? It was it was like a really good mix of both. Okay. It was like people like we bumped into a guy after the Milan game that actually translated a whole restaurant uh, menu for us. Uh, because, because he, he recognized he, you from being in the stadium. No, he recognized you. Paulino was wearing a, a shirt, and he was okay. like, "Oh, I was there too." And he was like, "Oh, where did you sit?" And I was like, "Quote and all." And he was like, "I was there too." He was like, "And I think." <laughs> I think he said uh, it's even good to sit there when Inter lose because of all the distractions. You're just smoking and eating and drinking with your friends. <laughs> you don't really pay attention to the match. And I was like, this sounds like big garden party's energy. I can, I yeah. can get behind this. <laughs> yeah, I, that honestly sounds like being out somewhere in Philly watching the match where you're like, well, what was the result? You know, you maybe a friend or something asked, and they're like, well, how did the match go? And like, oh, it was terrible. My team got battered, but it was, it was a great time. Yeah, I had a great, I had a fantastic time. Okay, so you <laughs> saw um, Atalanta Juve, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, but you were also there for Inter's Champions League match. Um, yeah. Speaking of sort of like vibe and energy, similar between the Champions League fixture and the league match? Uh, no, or did, did the Champions League match have that sort of extra something special that listeners might expect it to have? I would say it is a, a, the Champions League back match definitely had a little bit of extra something special uh i think we're gonna i've got a couple of recordings that we're gonna send over and maybe put on this pod maybe we'll release them in some other form but uh, yeah like the crowd singing the champions league anthem everybody shouting the champions at the end of it like you could feel the stadium because we were sat kind of at the front of the second tier of the quarter north and uh at the front of the cop as they call it which i found weird because i guess that they just call everybody's bit of the stadium the cop because AC Milan fans called their end of the stadium the cop also. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, you could just sort of hear like the roar of people singing the champions. Like everybody rushes to the front every time a goal is scored and they've got like pretty big aisles at the San Siro. Uh, so that was a pretty party atmosphere. Uh, yeah, it was cool, man. It was really nice. cool. 
it, what it about definitely, it definitely opened my eyes to uh to Italian football made me made me appreciate it a little bit more because okay. it makes sense why the matches are so boring now because everybody's paying attention to all the fun stuff. <laughs> it, 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 inclu- including maybe the players maybe the players are uh yeah a bit distracted about all, all the fun happening in the stands you, you uh, get what, really what nice about sandwiches food? yeah oh, was, what, sandwiches were, were dope just a now lot of a ham and cheese and nice bread this, i i would i would imagine as a seasoned um you know, match goer, you're like getting food outside the stadium and bringing it in, or yeah, that's that's the that was my move. But okay. I Always. saw people any, going. Get... It's, it's the same move as any smart person, I would imagine. Yeah, no, and beer outside, but the beer was the same price inside. It was also beer is three dollars inside the stadium. Nice. I was I was literally saying saying to a girlfriend of the pod, Paulina, and. Uh, starting right wing for the Garden Party's women's team, that uh, I was like, yo, this is brilliant. This is like the best. I'm like moving. Like, let's go. Let's just go to Milan. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, I mean, just ha- for the football. House, houses in Bergamo might be cheap enough that they can be a Garden Party's expense item, to be honest. Oh, no, definitely. And also, I think I saved money on going on vacation. Just everything that I like was much cheaper. <laughs> like beer, football, tickets. <laughs> and sandwiches, yeah. Yeah, it's just like everything. You just like half the price. Like nobody's what, trying to rip you off inside the stadium. What kind of food are you bringing in? Uh, I got the, I got like the ham and cheese sandwich that had truffle oil on it. It was amazing. It was amazing. Nice. On like nice bread. And then I saw people get food from inside the stadium and it looked similar. It wasn't none of this like, oh, we're heating up. Uh, a burger in a microwave for three seconds for you. It was like proper food. I got a bratwurst at uh, at the UV game, and that even that was good. Nice. Yeah. Let's let us let us talk <laughs> about the UV game. So you're uh, Atalanta, of course. Longtime listeners will know that that's our that's our pod team, right? Um, they got their first win away to Juve since like before you were born. It was like sometime in the 1980s when DiMaggio didn't even exist. So you should just go back to as many Atalanta games as you can. <laughs> um, what, what was that like being there for, you know, and actually a really important in a negative way, an important loss for Juve. Cause this means Juve are seven points off the top four. Um, I mean, they're, 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 out of the title race if they weren't already they officially are out now um but even yeah, top they're, four yeah, they're officially out now for sure they're officially out right like, <laughs> yeah let's go let's even, look at this investigation oh uh, yeah i mean they 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 might be out of syria let alone the the title picture but like even top four is now looking in danger for them uh what was it like being at at a match which was not the result that those home fans would have wanted or expected Oh, it was sick for me because, like you said, I like Atalanta. But I chose to I chose to not sit with the Atalanta fans. I chose to sit with the Juve Ultras because I thought. I mean, I I like my decision because we got a, a few good videos. I got a I got a guy in front of me that was what I aspire to be when I'm older. Just shouting, uh, "Oh, for Carlo Allegri! Oh, for Carlo Allegri!" And like his son was with him, and his son was like sort of like probably like eighteen. This guy was like mid forties, and his son was just like chilling, and this. The dad was just like drinking beers, like just shouting. I was like, this is where I aspire to be when I'm older. And then at halftime, you sort of had like his version of Garden Party show up because all these like random old heads just like came to like 
came to like the aisle and just stood on the stairs like blocking everybody that was walking down and just chit-chatted for a bit and I was like yeah I can definitely get into that in true garden parties I mean DiMaggio style anyway I uh, missed the goal because I went to the bathroom I also missed the goal one of the goals in uh the intermatch but that got chopped off for offside so it's whatever mm. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've got a long history of missing goals. I missed that famous Ray Rooney celebration when he did the nut boxing thing. When, oh. me, and, when me and Paulina went to went to watch United a few years ago against uh, against Arsenal. I was actually speaking of garden parties. I remember being in the Seven Hundred Club for that match against Arsenal. One of my all time favorite Rooney moments. Yeah, I yeah I, I missed I missed World Cup goals. I missed Champions League goals. Now I've missed Serie A goals. I'm just just like going just, to the bathroom. Just, Yo, just checking things off the list, man. I'm not good at always, it, so I hear you. No, it's always the thing with me. Every time, every time I'm at a match, I see the clock go to like 30-odd minutes, and I'm like, the lines for the bathroom are going to be ridiculous. I'm going to go now. What could possibly happen in the next two minutes? Duvon Zapata is what could happen. No, and then <laughs> walking into the match, I, was, I literally said to Paulina, I was like, if Duvan scores, I don't know what will happen because he's my guy. I'm going to celebrate yeah. in front of all these, like... So I was kind of glad I was at the toilet. Oh, okay. All right. maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe for your safety and well-being, missing the Duvon Zapata goals. Okay. All right. Fair I, enough. I get, um, again, three-year-old Bears at the stadium. Peroni? Uh, no, it was Budweiser, actually. Oh, interesting. So corporates. You, that's, that's, that's you, they, right? They want to be a, yeah. a global Yo. brand, so they got to get the Budweiser in there. Gross. It was, give me a, it was give very, me a Peroni. It was very, very corporate there. It was a, uh, there was a lot of glass in the stadium, which I didn't really like. It felt too modern, especially coming from the San Siro and going straight to there. It was like, this is like what football wants to be and San Siro is like what football should be. Mm, that's, a, that's actually a great way to put it. That's, yeah, that's, that's perfect. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, but the, in- the fans in the stadium were not treating it like it was a nice one in the stadium. No, <laughs> they were just yeah. doing whatever they want. <laughs> there was sausages flying everywhere. It was wicked. <laughs> especially not, uh, especially not during a match where they're losing against the team that they haven't lost to at home in almost like in like thirty odd years. Uh, yeah, one, the one of the uh, one of the people, what they, one of the stewards at, at that match was like asking one of these guys to like put out his cigarette at some point, and. He just they just stopped asking him after that because he just like kept arguing with the guy, yeah. out a cigarette, arguing with the guy, and light another cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, there's only so many ways I can tell you no, dude. Like, yeah, and then they were just like, whatever. And he, I could tell what you were saying, like, oh, back when I used to come in, we used to be able to smoke and sit wherever we want, and now you're coming in and telling me to do this sort of thing. Oh like, man, I love it. So. Inter, who you saw, uh, also got a win at the weekend. They're now only um, four points off Napoli, and they're only a point off of uh, rivals Milan, who are like kind of starting a downward trend. I know you didn't probably watch uh, a ton of Inter last year when they won the Scudetto with with our boy Lukaku leading the line. Um, uh, I'm glad they sold him now because I got to buy a shirt. True. Um, <laughs> I bought shirts. <laughs> from what Shout you saw. Damian. From what you saw of Inter uh, in the Champions League, did, did they seem like a team sort of capable of, you know, maybe winning a knockout stage or? Yeah, they bossed that game. It was it yeah. was sort of, uh, I mean, they were playing Shakhtar. I mean, when Shakhtar aren't anything to be sniffed at, they've no, not at all. Been, took some big scalps this year. Uh, 
but they bust that game. Even when they had, they had two goals disallowed. And then even when, oh, maybe three goals disallowed, actually. And then, uh, yeah, and I think the third or second goal that got disallowed was an absolute banger. It was like a volley from the ed- edge of the area. And I was right behind that goal. I'm sorry I didn't get it on, uh, on video for, for you guys. But the whole crowd went electric and for like a good five minutes. And then it got chopped off for offside. It was amazing. It was like wow. offside in the build-up. <laughs> Nobody knew why. Uh yeah, but no, they looked like they bossed that game. They absolutely loved Eden Dzeko, who I was like, as a United fan, yeah, imagine coming all this way to see Interplay and Eden Dzeko is the hero. But they were singing his name and he looked like, he was an actual, he looked like a bowler. There was like... A, a, he he a has time. been for them, to be honest. I, I was very, because, you know, not just because he's a former City player, but just like, he's a player that never really, you know, jumped out to me. And when they signed him to replace, not to replace, but like, when they signed him to kind of like make up for some of the goals that they would lose from selling Lukaku, I'm like, there's no way this is going to work. He's been yeah. really good for Inter. He's good. He scored two good goals as well that match. And the bit that stood out for me more than the goals is in the first half, we sat like in like so like behind one of the goals, and somebody's going across it in, and Jeko starts running from the edge of the box. And clears it out for a free kick, but then carries on his run and sort of like open his hands up to the fans. Like you see me doing that as well. And then sort of like, oh, he clears it out to the to the wing back and then start carries on the run up the wing as he's celebrated to the fans and then gets the ball back and like wins the free kick or something on the on the halfway line. And I was like, this guy's a good player. Maybe I'll take back my city hate for him and just yeah. see him as an inter player from now on. I I think I might have to do a little bit of the same, honestly. He's been really good. All right, la- last question. Where were you in Italy uh, when Roma, led by, of course, your boy Jose, not only scored in a game that they really <laughs> needed to win, they got a 1-0 win against Torino, but it was a Tammy Abraham goal assisted by Mkhitaryan. So was it, did that goal I, only happen because you were in Italy? I believe so. I would, okay. I would take that. I would take. I think a lot of things happen just because I was in Italy. Just, <laughs> just, yeah, I, I take all. I take advantage of all of these things that happen. Uh, I honestly think the this coming out about Juve and their like forty transfers <laughs> or whatever being looking looked into is just because I was in Italy and they're like, oh, this guy's obviously a a journalist, a football journalist. He must be here for something. We better leak something to the press. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, Amazing. Yeah. All right, that's that's. We I, won't keep I, you too long, Madge. We we know you got to go record uh, the main pod with Naj and Nick. Uh, but I'm glad to get you uh, as as a guest. Glad to get you literally watching football in the continent. Um, I'm glad to see that my influence is my positive influence is wearing off on you. Um, there there's a rumor that uh, Dimaggio and I might actually be out and about in the city watching some German football on Saturday. So if you would like to, you know, hang out in person and buy us beers or talk to us about football, um, we would probably really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Come in. We're going to go to the German bar on South street. Uh, what's it called? Right. Uh, Brauhaus Schmidt. Brauhaus. Yeah. And have some spitzel and whatnot and watch some German football. Uh, yeah. 12 go. o'clock on the sun Saturday. You uh, heard yeah, it. Meet us there. Uh, yeah, Forza Italia and all that jazz. <laughs> Forza Atalanta. <laughs> yeah. Cool. 
Awesome. Word. All right, Matt. Uh, this has been La Tasa right. de Sporto, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Right. Thanks, dude. Peace. Long sleeve service. <laughs>